For too many years, we've been told to show the horse who's boss, use gadgets, and ride two and three year olds. We're expected to follow fashionable trends, like riding behind the vertical or with your horse's nose on the ground, and put our short-term performance goals before the long-term health of our horse. This sounds crazy to me, because we're forgetting all about the horse. In this show, you'll learn why groundwork, lateral movements, liberty work, and pole work are so important in your training program. Plus, how to build lightness and softness in the saddle by recognizing the try and building confidence in both horse and rider. We know that horses are only physically mature at five and a half years of age at the earliest. We believe that collection is not a head position. We know that older horses are not disposable. Walking 100 miles on foot is amazing to build that connection together and that bitless bridles, California hackamores, bosal and macates can be really useful. We never place competition goals above our horse's health and we know that self-carriage means that the horse does it by himself. We take as long as it takes and we understand the importance of working slowly with the horse to build connection, trust and partnership together and we aim to always put the horse's mental, physical and emotional needs first. So I promise to share all my horsemanship strategies with you. Sounds good? I'm your host, Elaine Heaney, creator of the Listening to the Horse documentary. Let's get the show started. A funny thing happened yesterday with Ozzy. I went out to go for a ride as usual and got Ozzy, put on his saddle, walked him around a little bit first and did up the girth slowly a couple of times as we were walking around. All was good. Um, took off the head collar, put on the hackamore, fine. Um, got ready, put on my hat, asked him to stand the mounting block. No problem. So got up in the mounting block, sat in the saddle, lovely day. I was like, okay, that's great. The issue was about three or four seconds after I sat in the saddle, Ozzy decided by himself that he was going to start walking forwards. And so he's not allowed to do that. He can only walk forwards once I've sat up in the saddle after I've walked him forwards. He can't just decide to walk off <laughs> by himself without me of any, you know, without me asking him to do it and I'm riding him. So I was like, oh, what are you doing? So I said, as you stop, please take a couple of steps back to the mounting block to where we started off because I didn't ask you to go forwards. So as he was like, OK, Lane. So he took a couple of steps back and then we were back at the mounting block again, me just sitting in the saddle. So waited for about three seconds. I didn't move. And then Ozzy decided he needed to walk forwards again by himself. And I was like, hmm, no, this, <laughs> no, Ozzy, we're not doing this. So again, I said, Ozzy, stop, walk backwards, back to the mounting block. So he started walking backwards. But as we reached the mounting block, we take about three or four steps back again. He decided that he just couldn't stand still. He was just, he had so much energy. I don't even know where this energy came from because <laughs> he was pretty relaxed <laughs> about 20 seconds before. But he just, he, he just didn't want to stand beside the mounting block. So he kept walking backwards and he was getting a bit wound up and he suddenly seemed to have a lot of energy. And he really felt like he wanted just to go for a trot. So I thought, okay, Ozzy, if you really want to go for a trot, we are going to go for a trot. But we're going to work both on trotting, which is what you want to do, and collection, which is what I want to do at the same time. And a side note for you, it's actually lovely to work on lateral movements with your horse when they have excess energy, 
because you've actually got everything you need and you just have to channel that energy in the right direction. And it's actually a lot more tricky to try and do lateral work, lateral movements, um, shoulder in, shoulder out, all that kind of stuff with a horse who doesn't really have a lot of energy. It's actually trickier. So lateral movement is basically any type of movement that your horse makes that involves going forwards and sideways at the same time. And it's actually physically quite, quite difficult for the horse and it requires more energy. So Ozzy, intent on trotting, <laughs> I was like, okay. So Ozzy and I, we started trotting, forgot the mounting block. We started trotting, um, uh, doing shoulder in on a circle in trot. Okay, so I was like, okay, Ozzy, you want to trot? We're going to start doing shoulder in in trot, not just a normal trot. You're going to have to work in trot if you want to trot. So we started doing shoulder in in a circle. So we're doing a nice big circle and doing shoulder in the whole way around it. And then as we did the full circle, we're coming kind of back to where we started. I just looked at a point in the distance and we started doing shoulder in up the arena towards that point in the distance. Because I know for dressage and for dressage tests, they're like, oh, you must do it. You know, it's either up, looking at the wall, shoulder out, or looking to the arena is shoulder in. But forget about that. Just pick a point, and you can just do shoulder in towards the point. So, and you can do it. It's actually a fun exercise. It's a little bit cheeky, but if there's other people riding in the arena with you, I didn't say this. You can use them as your point, even if you're at quite a distance distance away, and you can kind of shoulder in straight towards them, <laughs> which is fun, or shoulder in away from them. But anyway, slight. Um, yeah, side note there. So what we were doing is I was getting Ozzy to do shoulder in and trot because he had all this energy. He was intent that he had to use. And then we're doing shoulder in, just pick a point and we do shoulder in towards it. Then up at the top end, do a nice circle, half a circle up at the top, shoulder in back down, shoulder in circle, then the other direction. My plan basically with Ozzy, um, and this, this wasn't my plan when I was coming out and putting the saddle on. This was a plan that I had to develop within seconds because he decided he wasn't going to stand at the mounting block. And sometimes you do that. You go out with to ride your horse with one plan and then you got to completely change it because your horse has got a different plan that they really want to you know proceed with. So my plan was to keep asking Ozzy to do lots of trot in shoulder in for a couple of minutes until I could feel him start to relax and slow down a little bit. And when I could feel this happen, he would still be trotting though. What I wanted to do was then trot over to the mounting block and at the mounting block, I'd ask him to stand still where he should have been standing still like five minutes ago. (laughs) And if he did stand still then at the mounting block, that'd be great. If he decided when I brought him over after doing a bit of, you know, work and trot, that no, he still wanted to keep trotting. It was just his day to trot that's fine we go back to working again on shoulder in and trots and more collection which was perfectly fine by me so he was really funny he was he was doing beautiful shoulder in and shoulder outs like weightless and I could feel um the weight transfer from his forequarters to his hindquarters so his forequarters were getting lighter and there was more energy and engagement engagement coming from his hindquarters which is the beginning of collection and honestly it felt, he's a Connemara, but it felt like I was riding this amazingly athletic Spanish horse. It was like the coolest thing in the world. So it's kind of funny. He, he does make me laugh because he does definitely have his own ideas about a lot of things. But if I can kind of, what's the word, channel his thoughts in a different direction, we can kind of have a conversation and then come to like a mutual agreement. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, 
he was he was really good. He, we were doing the shoulder out and I could feel him just start to relax a little bit. And he was definitely working at this stage, you know, this wasn't an easy trot. He was he was really working. And so I could feel him start to relax. So I thought, okay, we'll just see how we go. And then I'm just gonna trot over to the mounting block. And as we approach the mounting block, we're gonna go down to walk. And then at the mounting block, we're gonna s- stop. I'm just gonna give him a loose rein and see if he's happy to stop or not. So that's what we did. And we were approaching the mounting block and a few steps out we asked him to walk just relax and he went down to a walk and then as we're at the mounting block i just said you know easy whoa and then he stood at the mounting block the reins were completely loose so he could walk off if he wanted to so he just stood there and i rubbed him his neck and i said oh you're the best horse in the world you did such a good job that's amazing i'll tell you what ozzy is a smart horse and he knew that it was a good idea now to stand still <laughs> at that mounting block for as long as he could because it was much better than having to do all this um, all this work running around uh, with me. So uh, it was quite funny. But but yeah, he was I, the first time I brought him over after doing a couple of minutes of um, of lateral work. He had already figured out in his mind that standing still and being pretty economical was a good way to be. So it was um, it was kind of funny. But um it's just yeah it's worth bearing in mind one other thing is and I know some writers do it and some writers might not even have thought about it and I've definitely met some writers who were looking for help with something but you know you you go over to meet them for a lesson or whatever and um you ask them just okay well you know tack up and hop up and you know we'll we'll have a look and see what, what you're doing and the second their backside hits the saddle the horse is gone and they're gone <laughs> trotting around the field and you're like did you ask your horse to do that and they're just like no I just, I just we like to get going and you're like hmm does your horse always do that <laughs> and they're like yeah <laughs> and you're like oh okay hmm wouldn't it be nice if your horse didn't walk off until you actually asked it to and they're like oh huh. I never thought about that it's just what we always do so it's interesting so if you have a horse and maybe you've who does this and maybe you've never thought about it or maybe you don't have a horse that's fine but if you have a horse who when you use your mounting block or whatever you get up on your horse and you sit in the saddle you should just be able to relax in the saddle for five seconds 15 seconds a minute and that horse shouldn't move until you ask it to move and even if you ask it to move you don't ask it to go forward you can ask it to do a hind quarter yield you can ask the horse to take three steps backwards. You can ask the horse to go sideways. It doesn't always have to be straightforward. Um, so it's just something interesting. And I think it's something that would be that would be good to do. Because also from a safety consideration, you don't want your horse kind of pre-programmed that the second your backside lands in the saddle that they take off at whatever speed. Just safety-wise, it's not the best idea if something happened or for some reason you lost your balance or you weren't quick enough getting your stirrups sorted or, or whatever, who, you, who knows. But it's just from a safety perspective and just a good horsemanship perspective that um, once you get up on your horse, that they just stand still on a loose rein. It's not like you're making them do it. They've decided it's a good idea because this is what they normally do. They just stand still on a loose rein and they wait and they only start to move in whatever direction you ask, not always forwards, when you ask them. Okay, so with that in mind, this week's homework is Beyonce inspired. And so I would like you to figure out how, like myself and Ozzy, you can turn a lemon into a lemonade. So what does your horse do sometimes that maybe you didn't ask for that you can harness to make something really cool from it? Okay, so you got to put on your thinking cap this week and see, see how my example could apply to your situation. So that's your homework. Um, 
have fun doing it. And actually, one thing that um, that I wanted to let you know about, and you might have seen that all last week, we were in the middle of our free five days to partnership workshop. Now, this was a free online workshop for horse riders of all different levels. And we had so much fun, seriously. And at the end of the week, I asked people what they'd learned. And I just wanted to share with you a couple of things that they said, because they were like, I never know what people are gonna say <laughs> when, when we do these workshops, because everybody is, is on their own journey with their horse and has, you know, I have, I teach the lessons every day, but then how people implement them and work with their own horses is, you know, it's it's um, it's just really interesting to, um, to see how they get on and then every day people are posting up their homework and pictures and videos and sharing what they learned and everything so I asked people at the end of the workshop I said okay well listen what was the biggest lesson that you learned this week and so I wanted to share some um some comments that came back in so Marianne said uh, she learned that I'm not alone in my journey to get a happy confident horse sometimes I feel it's just me having problems with my horse and also a lot of new insights of things to do especially groundwork exercises which is great as I want to mix it up I don't want to ride every day and I think my horse likes that we do different things and not only go for rides that's really good um, Yvonne said that she learned that I have an amazing partner given his past and that if I get better at eating the elephant, then we've no limits, but I also need to get better at being honest with myself. So it's really powerful. Ross said that um, she learned that, or he learned, I should say, um, he learned that his body really impacts his horse. He learned not to rush things and to enjoy the journey. Totally. And then Joan, and I think Joan channeled a lot of people who, um, and I, I can be, I'm not really like this with horses, I can be like this in other areas of life. I like to kind of get things done and I like to, you know, have things moving and, and I love to-do lists and all that kind of stuff. And Joan said that she learned that it's really important to slow down because when you slow down, the horse will learn faster. Um, okay, and then Shane also wrote, slow down and be patient. <laughs> It's funny when we go slower our horses get better but yeah um let me see so marion said she learned to listen to the horse and her horse emily and i had a lovely two and a half hour ride in the forest this morning on a loose rein most of the time one-handed but there's one spot where she's always unsure so rather than rushing her i just sat there and gave her time uh, getting off and walking with her on the last mile home is also lovely and and then she posted a really cute picture of her riding one-handed on the way home on the trail which is really nice Carl learned that connection with your horse is everything. Totally agree. Sonia said that she learned to recognize when horses are not coping and to start over in small steps and that the story of Ozzy really brought the message home. And she said her horse is called Alf and she feels like apologizing to the horse for not recognizing his anxiety. Um, pretty powerful. Who else do we have? Sue said that I'm a processor and I need time to think things through. I need to do this also with my horse, Danny Boy. I know he's the same and I just don't give him the chance. That's huge. I mean, that's going to make such a difference. Um, Catherine said, I learned I need to be a little more precise with leg commands, um, which is very good. Uh, Donna said, I learned that my horse lost confidence in me when he was more unconfident with me walking online with him in his own pasture. I need to make some serious changes and reset us both. Thank you for the wake up call. Excellent. Um, let me see. 
Deb said she learned about paying more attention to what her horse is saying and less on how she's always done things, whatever it is, and also to persevere with love. And Stephanie's one, I love Stephanie's one. Stephanie said she learned that the steps to success are usually smaller than you think. <laughs> yeah, they can be tiny <laughs> and there could be a lot of them, but they, they definitely do work. Leah said it's okay to go back and start things again, listen to your horse and don't compare or get upset at things we might perceive as setbacks. Yeah, definitely. And that's really difficult because because we love our horses so much, like we take everything personally if we've had a good day with them or a bad day or whatever. So it can really be hard to like stay, as Steve Halfpenny says, like emotionally neutral with the situation. But it's something we definitely, if we can try and do, will help us. Uh, Wendy said that horses can talk, but we need to know how to listen, break things down into small chunks, take it slowly. Time, patience and understanding will give you will give you and your horse connection. Excellent. And then Mary, love this one. A single pole on the ground can be a step in the right direction. It's really cool. Um, let me see. Anybody else? And then Karen, last one. Karen said, complete concentration on my horse is essential. If I divert my attention for a split second, the connection is lost. Yeah, totally agree with you. When I'm doing anything with Ozzy and Matilda, I have to be focused on them the whole time. I can't be thinking of other stuff. There's no phone stuff going on. There's I really have to like really be aware of of what they're doing and their body language and how they're feeling the whole time. Because if I miss something, if you're going to get your timing all wrong if like your attention isn't there. And then if you get your timing all wrong, the horse is going to think, you know, he's going to like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're not listening to me. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're going to confuse the horse. You're going to lose trust and confidence, all that kind of stuff. So that was really cool. And um, yeah, tons of fun. If you'd like to join the workshop, it's over for now, but I do hope to do another one maybe later this year, early next year, we'll see. But you can go and grab a free ticket at 5days2partnership.com. So that's it. Well done, everybody. Keep up the good work. If you'd like to be featured in this section of the podcast, or you'd just like to read some more inspiring stories about our students from all over the world, literally Canada, America, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, all you have to do is join our online community at starthorselistening.com. That's it. See you in the next episode. Thanks very much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to discover more about my work and approach with horses, or you're interested in improving your pole work, your liberty work or lateral work, you can find out more about me and check out our range of online courses at greyponyfilms.com.